are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Damn, I wish these Victory Mondays got old. They don't. Welcome to Locked On Dolphins. Today is Monday, December 21st, and your Miami Dolphins have defeated the New England Patriots 22-12, moving to 9-5 on the season. And today's Victory Monday episode is going to cover everything that happened yesterday and everything that is happening for the Dolphins moving forward for the rest of the season because there is a lot of it. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, and today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. My goodness, where do we start? Uh, This New England Patriots-Miami Dolphins game in Week 15 kind of ran a course not dissimilar to the one that we saw unfold a couple weeks back against the Cincinnati Bengals in that the Dolphins losing at halftime, Started slow. By gosh, it was ugly at times. Miami unable to uh, get into the end zone after a really impressive drive. Took him all the way down the field to a tongue below. Throws a second career interception on a pass in which, yeah, it was not a great decision. I, I don't really think Lynn Bowden was especially open on the throw. But he did get hit as he threw the ball at the same time. So there's a couple variables there as far as if you want to assign blame on the, the turnover that the Dolphins have nonetheless. But second half, Dolphins 22 points in the second half of this football game. Really controlled the pace of the game for the entirety of the game. Uh, you felt there was a sense throughout the course of the first half that New England was going to struggle to finish closing drives. Because Cam Newton, they refused to let Cam take shots. And of course, conversely for the Dolphins, for them to come into this football game and learn 90 minutes before kickoff that you weren't going to have Jakeem Grant, you weren't going to have Mike Isecki, you weren't going to have Devontae Parker, uh, that put a little bit of a pit in my stomach. But at the same time, this was kind of the... Remember the saying about Don Shula. He can take his in and beat yours in and take yours in and beat his in. Courtesy, I believe that was Bun, Bum Phillips who said that. Can you adjust and tinker and create a winning game plan week in and week out regardless of who you have at your disposal? Can you be the chameleon that you as the Miami Dolphins under this regime have preached that you want to be and be matchup specific. This was the first time the Dolphins came out and legitimately executed, and that was the word that Brian Flores kept going back to in the post-game press conference, execution. We've said on this podcast, Dolphins are close, man. They're close to popping some big runs. Guess what? Zavon Ahmed, 31-yard rush. Matt Breida, 24-yard rush. Miami Dolphins, 250 yards on 42 carries against the New England Patriots. Dolphins went back, reviewed the game plan from week one, and said, yeah, bet, we're going to hit you with the reverse Uno card, Bill. Have fun. 
Why don't you tell your guys to strap up? The Dolphins beat the tar out of the Patriots up front. Next man up. We don't have any wide receivers? Fine. That's fine. I bet you the 12 personnel grades out really high in this football game. Adam Shaheen, Durham Smythe, both those dudes, big opportunities. Both of them made Patriots defenders look like little children on the football field. Just like the Dolphins made Cam Newton, who had so much to say after the week one win, realized I was talking to somebody who's known for doing splits. Just got to remember who I'm talking to. Well, remember who you played, Cam. Hopefully you've got a little bit different memory of the Dolphins and Christian Wilkins this time around than what you did the first time. Save your cute one-liners for your dubs. The Miami Dolphins are 9-5 and five on the season, dropping the Patriots to 6-8. and eight. The Dolphins, uh, a year after formally eliminating the Patriots from home field advantage, the Dolphins now formally eliminating the New England Patriots from postseason contention, Ironically enough, uh, the Dolphins were the only team that kept the Patriots out of the postseason the last time New England missed in 2008 because the Dolphins won the division. Miami has not had a lot go right in the past 15 years, but being a thorn in the Patriots dynasty is something we should all be proud of, especially because it makes guys like Ben Volan just beat red at night crying themselves to sleep. Volan had plenty of passive-aggressive things to say about the Dolphins after the game. Um, never crossed his mind that the Patriots might lose, which is, is pretty impressive that, that you're that stubborn and steadfast that you're never going to lose to the Dolphins when Bill Belichick has a losing record in Miami. I'm going to save that energy for another day because we're here to celebrate the Dolphins' winning season, their second winning season in a decade. Brian Flores has this Dolphins team 9-5 and five with two games left to play and so much to gain. And one of the things that I wanted to touch on, because it's at the forefront of my mind, we still got to talk about the Jets winning and what that means for the Dolphins and the Texans losing and how it was a good thing but also a bad thing. Looking at the playoff picture and and some more of the nuts and bolts of is Savan Ahmed, like, can he be the long-term answer at running back? Like, there's a lot I want to get into today. But this was the Miami Dolphins. This, this is the one thing that I knew I had to get off early on today's podcast. The Miami Dolphins have won seven football games this year by more than one score. Seven. Nine or more points, right? Touchdown, two-point conversion. I'm going to roll that into one score football game. And they were a garbage-time touchdown from the Chargers away from having eight Multi-score win football games, which means they're winning comfortably. Seven of nine victories this season, and one of the two that wasn't garbage tied touchdown took that away, right? Do you know how long it's been since the Dolphins had seven? The Dolphins have done it in 14 games. They've won seven games by more than one score. You have to go back over the Dolphins' last 88 football games to find the next seven. You got to go back to midseason of 2014. 
I looked at it from the start of 2015. Week 6 and Week 7, 38-10 over the Titans and 44-26 over the Houston Texans. Those were the two weeks immediately after the Dolphins fired Joe Philbin. Week 17 of 2015, 20-10 over the Patriots. 2016, we had two. Week 6, 30-15 over the Steelers, 34-13 over the Jets. And weeks, uh, 2017, Week 13, 35-9 over the Broncos. That is it from 2015, 16, 17, 18, and 19. The Dolphins, six multi-score wins. The Dolphins, in this year, 14 games, seven of them. They're playing winning football. And inevitably, there's going to be the haters on Twitter talking about Tua Tagovailoa. Oh, he threw for 145 yards and an interception. Uh, who cares? Is it in the win column? Because you play to win the game. Channeling my inner Herm Edwards here. You play to win the game. And the Miami Dolphins are playing winning football. And they're not just like, eh, we're going to eke one out. And oh, we're going to be the most unbelievably lucky team of all time. They're like smacking dudes around. If you're a lesser team, the Broncos game aside, and you're allowed to have a slip-up throughout the course of a season. If you are a lesser team, the Dolphins are smacking you around. They are not playing with you. They might start slow. They might not jump up 21 to nothing in the first half every game like they did against the Jets the first time they played them. But they're not messing around. For a little bit of added context, Kansas City Chiefs, 13-1. How many multi-score wins do they have this year? Six. One less than the Dolphins. Buffalo Bills. 11-3, AFC East champions. How many multi-score wins do they have? Six. One less than the Dolphins. Green Bay Packers, currently the one seed in the NFC. 11-3. How many multi-score wins do they have? Seven. The same as the 9-5 Miami Dolphins. So... I, there's always going to be that frustration level uh, for certain dynamics of the team. And I'm not going to sit here and make excuses. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you know they sh- shouldn't be focused on starting games better. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that if they're going to be anything in the postseason, if they make it to the postseason, they still have to probably win their last two games. That they're going to make noise if they don't amend that. I'm not going to tell you what they did against the Patriots was replicable on the ground. But what I will tell you is that this team, from a team effort perspective, all the pieces pulling their weight, next man up. So if you're without wide receivers one through five on your summer depth chart because you had Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, Jakeem Grant, Albert Wilson opted out, Alan Hearns opted out, and you're without Mike Gusecki, and you're without RB1, Miles Gaskin, and RB two on the de- or RB one on the depth chart was Jordan Howard, so he's not there either. So like, they don't care. They don't care. The Dolphins against the Chiefs, forty six percent of their offensive snaps were by rookies. The Dolphins started six rookies on offense in Week fifteen against the Patriots, and they're still doing this. Guys, let's get excited about this football team. That they could perform in such a manner with so much youth and inexperience, never having played at the NFL level, not knowing how to win at the NFL level at the beginning of the season. And they have flipped the script. 
and you reflect on the losses that they had, yeah, the week one loss to the Patriots, frustrating. The week two loss to the Bills, man, I'd give anything to have it back. I'd give anything to have that one back because it changes everything if we get that one. But we don't. Since that point, since starting 0-2, you lost to the 10-4 and Seattle Seahawks by 8 points. You lost to the Denver Broncos in just a bad all-around performance by 7. And you lost to the Kansas City Chiefs by 6, who are 12-1, and 13-1. You got the Raiders and you got the Bills with hopefully nothing to play for. I know some people would have the opinion you want to beat the Bills at 100%. And that's fine. And if you get to that mentality, then, then you just tell yourself, okay, this is our playoff game. And uh, for the Bills, it would be double elimination. And for the, the Dolphins, it's single elimination. And let's go out there and give it our best shot and see what we do. Today's episode is brought to you by 1010. Now, you may have read about this in the New York Times or Forbes, but we're excited to tell you about it ourselves. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. And when they're gone, they're gone. We all know that the diamond ring is an iconic It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people. And with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're making 2021 plans or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this is exciting. It's a limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launching on January 18th. And you can preview it exclusively at Blue Nile. Com. I don't know if you guys saw, but the Jets won yesterday. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Uh, the Jets won yesterday. The Jets, Jets they beat the Rams. Uh, they beat the Rams 23-20, uh, to 20, the New York Jets did. And Adam Gase's final parting gift before he's inevitably fired at the end of the season is a beautiful one uh, because... The, the Jets don't have the tiebreakers over the Jaguars. So with two games left to play, the New York Jets, who have been winless all season and in the driver's seat and found miraculous ways to lose football games. The Raiders game stands out quite a bit. The New York Jets now have the number two pick in the NFL draft. And the Jacksonville Jaguars have the number one pick courtesy of strength of schedule tiebreakers against the Jets. It ain't coming back. So New York now needs Jacksonville to win one of their final two games to give this thing up. And Jacksonville, by the way, who lost yesterday 40-14 to against the Baltimore Ravens, uh, they're playing the playoff-desperate Chicago Bears, who are 7-7, seven and seven, and one game behind the Arizona Cardinals for the 7th seed in the NFC. And they're playing the Indianapolis Colts, who are one of the four teams mired in the AFC playoff race for wildcard positioning. And the Colts, low-key, could still win the NFC South. Two teams that have a lot to play for, playing a Jacksonville Jaguars team who has just been abysmally bad since beating the Colts in Week 1. So the aftermath here for Miami is you're looking at either Zach Wilson from BYU or Justin Fields from... Ohio State, 
being the new New York Jets franchise quarterback, or alternatively, whoever comes in there could decide to commit to Sam Darnold and potentially try to draft Penny Sewell or trade out of the number two pick for another quarterback-hungry team. I would take either one of those alternatives over Trevor Lawrence, and I have tried to take the mentality of like, hey, like a a great quarterback's not going to single-handedly elevate a franchise, but it becomes a hell of a whole lot easier for the Dolphins to be a persistent playoff contender when Trevor Lawrence is not in the picture. I will not lie about that. And Adam Gase and the New York Jets somehow managed to pull this off by beating the Los Angeles Rams in the middle of a Rams-NFC West division title hunt. The Rams now trail the Seahawks. Trap game. The Jets trapped the Rams, caught them with their pants around their ankles, jumped on top of them early, and won a football game. Not the only NFL draft-related transgressions that we had our eyes on throughout the course of the weekend. Uh, The Dolphins definitely had their eyes on what was happening in the Houston versus Indianapolis game. And for the second consecutive time between these two teams, uh, Houston just pooped their pants. (laughs) The first time these two teams played, there was a minute and a half left in the game. Deshaun Watson fumbled at the mesh point going in from like the two-yard line, and Indianapolis recovered to hold on to win the football game. This time around, Colts up 27-20. to You're in the final minute. Deshaun Watson on fourth and five completes a pass to Kiki Kuti, wide receiver, who zips to the two-yard line and fumbles the ball into the end zone, recovered by the Indianapolis Colts. Colts win the game again. So, the good news is the Colts' win drops Miami's first scheduled pick to number six overall in the 2021 NFL Draft. Number six. And what's really exciting is this thing could really go sideways for Houston because they play the Cincinnati Bengals next week. If Houston loses to Cincinnati, you know there's an outside chance this pick could get into the top five because right now... Houston is the lowest ranked of the four and 10 teams. Philadelphia having a tie is saving Miami a a draft position spot. Cincinnati having a tie may end up, if Cincinnati beats Houston, uh, might end up costing Miami one spot in the draft order. The top five right now, Jacksonville, New York, Cincinnati, Carolina, Atlanta, Miami. 1-3, 13-1-13, 2-10-1, 4-10, Carolina, Atlanta don't really have winnable games when you take into account where they are as teams right now. Um, they Carolina does have Washington, so that's one that maybe they can get. But again, Cincinnati is playing Houston, so Houston very likely could end up winning that football game, which, depending on the rest of the action across the rest of the league, could end up dropping this pick somewhere to, geez, I don't want to say it, 10. So a lot at stake over the last two weeks for the Dolphins, but the black cloud to this silver lining is the Dolphins really could have used somebody in the AFC playoff picture to lose yesterday. Browns, one by 14. Colts, one by seven. Ravens, one by 26. Titans, one. Over the Lions. 
Bills clinched the AFC East on Saturday. The Dolphins have no pathways at this point in time to clinching a playoff berth in Week 16. Dolphins win their last two, they're in no matter what. But it is important to note that Miami was on the doorstep of if they got a break, a bounce of the ball, if the Colts would have lost to Houston and then lost the following week to Pittsburgh and Miami won next week, that could have given Miami a clinch going into Week 17 no matter what happened. If Baltimore would have lost to Jacksonville and Miami would have beaten New England and then won next week against the Raiders, Miami would have clinched going into Week 17. Those things did not materialize. So this is going to be a full 17-week stretch of meaningful football for the Dolphins. That's fine. Go out and get 10 wins. Let's take care of business on Saturday night and let the chips fall where they may, and let's see what happens. Dolphins do have tiebreakers at play that they can get in if they win out, so that's good. The NFL regular season is finishing up with the playoff picture becoming clearer, and there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we at the Locked On Network trust, betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. The Dolphins opening this weekend's game against the Raiders minus two-point favorites. Do you think the Dolphins are going to win by more than a field goal against the Raiders this weekend? If you do, betonline.ag, promo code Locked On, 50% welcome bonus. You can get in on this action in addition to college football games and the rest of the NFL as well. BetOnline.com. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Use that promo code Locked On to get your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. I don't think anybody's going to sit here and argue uh, that the Raiders are a better football team than the Miami Dolphins this year. We've talked about what the Dolphins have done with lesser competition. That does not mean the Dolphins are immune from a trap game. But you would hope, with only two games left, there's not that much to get trapped about. Focus on the task at hand, and let's pull this thing out. Some parting thoughts regarding uh, the Dolphins' performance against the Patriots. Tip of the cap to both Savan Ahmed and Matt Breida. Those two guys rushed 35 times and combined for 208 yards and a score. Tip of the cap to Michael Dieter. Mid-round pick from 2019. He spent the entire year on the bench after starting 15 games for the Dolphins. And Solomon Kenley goes down with an injury, a knee, which doesn't look promising. I'm hoping for the best for Solomon. But I'll be damned if Dieter didn't come in and have a little bit more mobility to him as far as you know getting up onto the second level. He looked pretty good. Next man up mentality. Lynn Bowden Jr., that dude is a dog. They have a nice little bag of tricks with his name on it. And I think we'll continue to see one or two of them every single week. Tip of the cap defensively, Xavier Howard. I don't care that Christian Wilkins' foot was on the line when the ball touched. In my heart, you had a defensive return for a touchdown. KVN, Kyle Van Noy. He was dogging himself on social after dropping the interception. 
it's okay. And, and Xavier probably would have had it too, too, if Kyle didn't get his hands on it. Um, it was good seeing those guys, Elena Roberts and Kyle Van Noy, flying back around again on defense for the Dolphins and limiting to the Patriots to 117 total rushing yards this time around. Uh, very, very stout performance. Zach Sealer, great sack. Bobby McCain, it was great to see him out there after being questionable this week with an ankle injury. This Dolphins team is tough, man. And I wouldn't be surprised to see a whole bunch of bodies on the injury report again this week. Uh, but let's get one or two of these skill guys back and Devante and Mike and Jakeem and uh, let's go out and get a dub against the Raiders. So tomorrow's Power to the Pod is your show, your questions, your topics. You never disappoint. I look forward to digging into what you have to talk about this week. But that's all for now. So keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Another victory Monday in the bag. We've got nine of them this year. I'm hoping for at least one more. I don't want to get too greedy and expect to. But at least one more Victory Monday. You can be sure to find everything you need regarding your Miami Dolphins here Monday through Friday. Kyle Krabs signing off as always. Thanks for listening.